Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Hot Slice. I am creative director Josh Count. Along with me, executive editor of Pizza Today, Miss Denise Greer. Hello, Denise. Hello, Josh. Uh, how many March? It's mid-March. Uh, uh, you know what's just around the corner. It's, you know, we're within the month. Pizza Expo. Do we look tired? I'm just going to ask. Do we look tired? From- we're a little tired. <laughs> I know I'm a little tired. I am really tired. But uh, I think all of it will be worth it once we get there. Uh, it's going to look amazing. It's going to, oh. it's, it's packed. It's got lots of expos. It's yeah. going to rock. And did you get this in your mailbox last week? Because I did. I hope everyone got theirs because this is the show issue and it is packed. I, I love this issue because it's the biggest issue all year and it's so much fun. Yeah. And, and as far as just content wise, editorially, there's so much in there this year and yeah. uh, it's, it's just a nice wide range of topics and they look pretty great. So it is. It's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we have a, you know, kind of a longer uh, podcast today. So we're, let's just, yeah, we do. We need to just hop right into it. Cause uh, Lisa Dahl from Pisa Lisa in uh, Sedona, Arizona. Um, She actually has a restaurant group. So she has multiple concepts, uh, but her pizzeria, she has two pizza concepts and she, uh, she is just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, She, she just, culinarily she has so many ideas and you're just gonna you're gonna have that fire after listening to her I think. right after after our interview I was like okay I'm inspired I'm inspired you know yeah. uh, so, so she real she she's she's definitely an inspiration and, and I think you'll get plenty out of this podcast so without any further ado chef Lisa Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. With extraordinary pizza cheese comes extraordinary rewards. Only Baccio Exceptional Italian Pizza Cheese offers the Gold Club Rewards Program with a monthly cash back on every cheese purchase. Members also receive funds twice a year to use in their exclusive marketing store. It's their way of saying grazie to customers. Schedule a demonstration at BaccioCheese.com slash hot slice and discover how rewarding Baccio Exceptional Italian Pizza Cheese can be. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Looking to grow your pizzeria or restaurant? Then you'll want to try the power of a cloud-based POS system. With Hunger Rush, you'll get everything you need. This fully integrated restaurant management system allows you to easily streamline operations, accelerate the delivery process, and grow your business through Hunger Rush 360 marketing. And it's so easy to use. Want AI-powered text ordering? It's built in. Need to track orders? No problem. Schedule a personalized demo at HungerRush.com today. Yeah, so we've got to know because right now you've got something interesting happening at your restaurant. So what's what's going on right now? Um, what's going on right now is the snow. <laughs> <laughs> is is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, a yeah. rarity there in Sedona, oh, right? <laughs> it is. It's you know we usually get a couple of dustings a year, and but you know halfway through the day, sun comes out, it melts, it looks like a postcard. But this one sucked us in. And I was on uh, TV yesterday with an anchor from Channel 5 CBS. I was sitting up at the mountain that is behind us at Mariposa. 
And they all wanted to use that as where they would see all the snow action. They were there until six o'clock. All it did was drizzle and rain. And it was incredible um, because I got to share with um, them. I, I, I was awarded two gold medals at Devour. And wow. I won for my empanadas and kale salad. And there was over 80 participants, all chefs, of course, in restaurants from Phoenix. And here I come down with my merry pranksters from Sedona. And we, we got two gold awards. Congratulations. Devour is the big kahuna yeah, for us. For sure. So it was wonderful. But we sat out there and I got to tell them about that. We keep praying for some snow ever <laughs> happened. And then all of a sudden in the evening, it came down so heavy that, you know, we just, we lost our business and that's to be expected. Yeah. Today, I think we'll probably be closed in, I, definitely at Mariposa because we have a mm -hmm. big hill yeah. and we plowed it, but yet it banked all the snow in a way that the parking lot is all consumed with the snow melt. So who knows? You got to go with the punches, <laughs> as we know. And I think that's probably a great starting point because I think we've all been learning how to roll with the punches these days. Yeah. A, whole, sure. a whole lot of punches over the last three years. So. That's that's what I mean. Got they, it. All, they all run together for us. We have no idea what, yeah. what year it is, what, what happens. We have no idea. <laughs> um, so, you know, we actually came to uh, Pisa Lisa. Actually, Jeremy, our editor-in-chief, came to your uh, restaurant years ago. I don't even know how long it was. Probably, it was definitely pre-pandemic. Okay. <laughs> um, Seven or eight uh, years ago, probably. So, you know, what... Where does your restaurants currently stand? How many restaurants do you have? And kind of, um, you know, what what's your strategies right now with, uh, with Pizza Lisa? Well, I'll jump right into um, Pizza Lisa. The one that I believe you went to is now nine years old. Wow. And it is just a rock star. Uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud of what it's done. Old Pizza Hut converted people. It's like a cult in Sedona. People come from all over. And, you know, New York, Chicago, some many people say that's the best pizza they've ever had. But it's it's a whole package of Pizza It's a very natural, you know, we have a, a great menu, something for everybody. Even if they're not in a pizza mood, there's yeah. so many options. Um, so in saying that, I opened a second Pizza but that was PC meaning or BC before uh, COVID, yeah. meaning that it didn't get up until AC, which uh, was a, a little bit disheartening because, you know, went from being totally optimistic. We want a second one in a different location right at the entrance of Sedona, where yeah. I have Cucina Rustica, which is now yeah. very close to its 20th anniversary, a Mediterranean Italian beautiful mm -hmm. restaurant of long standing and right before the pandemic across the parking lot from the new pizza lisa where i'm sitting right now i opened butterfly burger oh, and wow. butterfly burger is now three years old it got off to a bang and then about nine months later mm -hmm. the pandemic and so everything's been skewed in the mm -hmm. interim this pizzeria was already planned. And so we really couldn't back out of our lease or anything like that. 
And um, it was uh, something that we had to just keep going forward in hopes that, you know, the construction would go as it should, but everything of course was delayed. And, you know, after a while, it sounds like an old story. Everybody that was caught in that conundrum also feels, you know, that same thing. We don't know, we don't know how to gauge our business yet because it got started in an inopportune time that you would not normally plan. And so we open in the summer, which is not a good time in Sedona. So now we're about six months into uh, operations and it's, it's, it's a little slow startup to be honest and a little scary because, you know, things have changed a lot and you can't just count your chickens before they hatch right now. Um, but I'm very optimistic and it's, it's spurring on all kinds of really cool ideas that I can do in this particular concept in the second pizzeria that was meant to be um, a, a kind of a prototype for bigger city demogra- demographic pizzerias that I could not do those things in the original because it's just a mm-hmm. small little pizza hut and it doesn't have room for a retail. It doesn't have much room for grab and go. Things that the new one does, mm-hmm. like the tap system with the with the wines yeah. and the huge bar. But it, I'm I'm coming up with ideas like you know fun happy hour things that I'm going to do, and um, working with uh, the surrounding hotels for when the groups come in and starting to do like. I want to propose box lunches and things because we do these incredible Mediterranean antipasto plates and many mm-hmm. other things that travel well. And where we are here is surrounded by natural, you know, wonders, hikes and biking excursions and many things that will fit right in. But the same thing would be great if you're in Phoenix or Scottsdale or Tempe or wherever that might yeah. be, you know, this place. I think has the components that are different than an average pizzeria. We take our pizza so seriously. We have two ovens here. I wish I could show it to you. I'm sure you'll see that online, but we have two massive ovens. And uh, so we're, we're able to be uh, flexible so we can take a large group and not interrupt business because we can work in the second oven. We can do our, uh, bruschettas and things like that, our meatball sandwich out of the second wood oven. So I'm waiting for the day that two ovens are going all the time, but yeah. uh, that day remain, will come, I think, when we hit our season, which is spring, which is around the corner once we get out of this snow. Now, that being said, my doll and Luca and Mariposa were just open table, top 100 restaurants, two restaurants, in the top 100 most romantic dining destinations in the U.S. Wow. So the juxtaposition of casual burgers, uh, the two Italian restaurants, all of that, it it keeps me a little busy, I'd have to (laughs) say. Uh, But but I'm thankful, you know, that we're all still hanging in there. So. So you got your start in with pizza, correct? As far as no, uh, your no, chef no. pros. Uh, tell me about like how you like, so you have a very uh, chef centric background. Your 
uh, you're a very talented chef from what I, from what I hear, your reputation is second to none. Um, but how did you get into the pizza space? I had <coughs> two Italian restaurants. I'd always been frustrated that I didn't have a wood fire pizza oven. And I really wanted to dabble in that because, you know, we have some illustrious pizza makers in this state, you know, Chris Bianco, one of them. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if they, if he can do it in, in Phoenix, um, I figured here we should give it a try. But it really said I loved wood fire pizza, could not do that in, a, in my two fine dining restaurants. And once I bought my partner out, I felt like I could do anything I want, darn it. I and <laughs> I decided that this was the time, especially when the Pizza Hut location came up. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of reasons that I thought it would be nifty. It's right across the street from Dolenti Luca, my original Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we could kind of help each other, quite honestly, you know, over in the Pizza Hut ex-Pizza Hut, which is now Pizza Lisa, we have these huge freezers, huge walk-ins, things that I didn't have in my original Italian restaurant. So I was like, wow, we can convert their conventional oven into a wood fire pizza. Of course, we had to settle with one of the smallest Mugnanini ovens because of the space. Yeah. We had to fit that oven into a very small space. Those ovens are massive too. <laughs> and, well, and uh, it's just a, kind of like a miracle place when you see how we yeah. converted it. And uh, even at times people go, hey, was this an old pizza hut? But it was the infrastructure that intrigued me to be able to have both restaurants share in freezer and a huge walk-in. Yeah. I mean, to date, that's still my biggest walk-in. So it wasn't only for that reason. I thought, what a fun thing, take a pizza hut and turn it into a wood fire pizzeria. Mm -hmm. At that time, I, there were no other wood fire pizzerias, but uh -huh. there were several that were coming on the scene. Mm -hmm. One up in the uptown and one in um, a, a neighboring town. So it's not like nobody had heard of it, but we were mm -hmm. kind of the pioneer. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you come up with your uh, dough recipe or your pizza style? Like, tell us a little bit about your, your actual style that you're doing. Well, I like that you're asking me that because we're kind of a hybrid. Okay. And I, I, I you know, I love Neapolitan pizza, mm -hmm. but we're not quite Neapolitan and I love Roman style pizza, but we're not quite that. Yeah. So I call us artisan style. And that mm -hmm. is really because our crusts are unique. We are okay. very thin, but mm -hmm. I insist that the edges are rolled and very, um, uh, just very rustic. Okay, and cool. um, I don't believe in loading a lot of ingredients on a pizza, although, of course, pizza, people want to add combinations, but they find that our combinations are really well balanced. And I train my servers to explain that because, you know, some oh. people will come in and they'll think it's just an average pizzeria. They won't know the difference. And I fell in love with the Roman style and Neapolitan when I went to Italy because I love the simplicity of being able 
to taste the, the flavor of the crust, the flavor of the sauce, the cheese or the oil, the delicious olive oil, and the simplicity of the, of the topping. Mm-hmm. So we still very simple in that philosophy, but we do have pizzas with multiple items. Mm-hmm. But what we do makes our pizzas very unique is that we have certain things that we do proprietarily to mm-hmm. every ingredient and okay. keeping that very natural. But that's kind of my, my yeah. signature is to, you know, we don't throw a vegetable on a pizza and, right. and so be it. We have things that we do that really enhance the natural flavors. We use all organic uh, vegetables that we get uh, locally outside of our area down in, uh, in Phoenix. And um, we consider an, a, a form of art. And I consider mm-hmm. that the pizza dough and the crust is my canvas. So mm-hmm. when I teach my pizziolas, I teach them how to balance and how to let every pizza be an expression that comes through their hands, that it keeps it whimsical, keeps it something that I think that once people try our style of pizza, they, they, they crave it. On our red pizzas, we use our mother sauce. I call it mother wow. sauce, which is our foundational sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, we only use two ounces of um, sauce. And so there's a, there is a very important uh, way that they must learn to not over sauce. And, and uh, it's all about balance. Everyone yeah. says that my style of cooking whether it's in pizzas or burgers or Italian or whatnot, they can tell the layers and that they can taste each layer. And for me, that's important that you really, um, they're the stars of the show, uh, mm-hmm. are, are each ingredient. So we just have a very simple philosophy that sometimes that seems simple but it's not as easy as you think because people have a tendency to want to overdo things. That, that makes total sense. You don't need a lot on a pizza if every ingredient is is cared for and sourced the way you source. So yeah, it makes total sense. I'll never forget when I first went to Rome uh, before I ever tried a Neapolitan pizza. And I we would get up in the morning and go have espresso and we'd get this flatbread pizza with nothing more than the sauce and olive oil. Mm-hmm. And I became so addicted to that, that my first pizza that I put on the menu is called semplice. And my semplice is just a, a, a sauce and oil and just, um, if they want to build on that to the semplice deluxe, then we have the, uh, the Mediterranean vegetables, the grilled eggplant, the artichokes, all of those things. But I like to build up the pizzas in from delicate to bigger. Um, although I don't eat the real big pizzas. My favorite one is the Primo Portobello. I just like a simple mushroom pizza. Mm-hmm. But yet the way we roast the mushrooms, the things we do before we put them on the crust uh, is just, you know, addicting. Yeah, that sounds like it, you know, and that's one thing we we talk about with a lot of pizzeria operators are like, you know, you may want to, yeah, you might want to throw a really fun new vegetable on the pizza, but what are you yeah. going to do with it to make it stand out or make it uniquely yours? And it sounds like you've been able to 
make every ingredient unique, uniquely yours. I mean, do you do that with every, almost every vegetable that goes onto your pizza? Um, there's not any vegetable that would go on our pizzas that would be in its raw form. Okay. Um, every vegetable, even like our caramelized onions, mm -hmm. if, if the people that are uh, preparing the pizzas don't know how important it is to take the time to bring out the sweetness of caramelization, which we do for a long, long time. But when you put caramelized onions on with um, copa and sopressata salami and fennel sausage, I mean, it, the sweetness balanced with salty, it's such yeah. a, it's so worth the extra labor. And I do think if anything, that's what makes us very unique. Um, I will say that our crust is a um, hybrid of what I learned when I was able to be trained and uh, work with Andrea Muninini. Mm -hmm. And um, we took her dough that she was so gracious and we modified it to fit our own uh, style, yeah. which is what is expected, you know? And mm -hmm. we're at a 4,500 elevation, so we're not real. Yeah high and we're also not low right. so we always are balancing we're also in a dry climate that makes it seem like you know that's kind of challenging too so those very few people that do make the dough mm -hmm. they have to be the right people yeah. and they have to really have that old world kind of determination to keep the dough as a form of art they have to have the passion and i do think that that is the most critical thing mm -hmm. uh, is that your dough consistency is your style. And mm -hmm. if you don't have that, then what do you have? Exactly. You know, let's touch on labor a little bit. You kind of just talked about that, you know, with, with such a specific labor intensive uh, product, you know, how are you able to train those folks? And if you have to bring in new folks, how are you able to get them on board and making sure that your product is consistent every time? That's the hardest That's question. Yeah. It's the hardest for everyone. So don't worry. It's the hardest for everyone. I have to say that uh, that's the million dollar question, as we all know. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm fortunate that I have been the matriarch of these two pizzerias. Mm -hmm. And I've been fortunate to have a staff led by a very passionate young lady uh, who's been with me for a few years that really seems to have that same bravado that I do. I mean, she wants to be a purist. I'm a purist. Um, I doubt that she's quite as fanatical as I am, but she honors that if you're going to become a pizziola in our pizzerias, You've got to have a work ethic. You've got to have um, passion. You've got to be, you can't be flaky. You got to feel proud of what you do. So no one just gets to saunter in and start making pizza right off the bat. They have to um, learn the steps that lead up to it. Mm -hmm. I always say they got to go 
and build the sauces from the walk-in and bring the backups and do all the things as if they're like a runner before they can go to the next step and graduate and, and have the privilege of making the pizza. And I think that we've embedded that in our culture in a way that's really uh, pretty something to be so proud of because there's very few people right now in our industry that I think have that work ethic. And I want to let you know that I have over 350 employees in this small town with all of our restaurants. So if you think that just the pizzerias is the only place that I'm challenged in terms of that training, it's, it's something I never really thought that I would be doing now after being an operator for over 27 years, that I would be back in the trenches with training every day on some level, whether it's front of the house, back of the house, it's as if every day you got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start all over again. Because if you don't, you can literally look at your business getting flushed down the drain. Mm -hmm. I have been a role model for many, many young people and older, but young people that have the spirit of wanting to be culinarians. Mm -hmm. And if I drop that, and if I lose my morale, we can lose the morale of, of all of our team. Mm -hmm. So keeping the work ethic and the artistic expression and letting them know that they have, that they should be proud of the, what they do. Prep is everything. I mean, I worship great prep people. I think that prep is like yeah. master level, you know? And if everything is done as it should be, and the prep people do theirs, and the people that saute and roast vegetables and grill the vegetables and do those steps, and the people that do the crust, the dough, the crust, make theirs an art form, and we take the time that's required to make our sauce uh, as it should be, then you've got a perfect, a perfect equation. But now more than ever, I think specializing is the only way that we'll get through this whole mess. Because if you're just a hodgepodge and you don't have a foundation and, and what you believe in, in the, in the, in your, in your food, you'll just get swept under the rug because there's so much going on. And there's so much competition in a town like ours, which quite honestly is a local resident population, probably about 10,000 now because oh, uh, the housing market has really affected us. Mm -hmm. Everything in a beautiful town like this went into Airbnbs and all of yeah. that type thing. So now we have even less population to draw from mm -hmm. and it's it's been it's been quite a challenge but i think it's our culture that will make people want to come work with us and it's our obligation to give them what they expect which is mm -hmm. to train them as best as we can and to make them feel proud of what they do
Well said. That's just beautiful. I, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. The, the feeling proud. I mean, that goes so that goes such a long way. You know, when you when you're at the end of the day and you're like, "Hey, I'm feeling really good about what we did here," and uh, that gets you really ready for the next day. Absolutely. You know, when I went to Devour, which I mentioned earlier, and I cherry picked three great women uh, mm -hmm. that came with me. One came from my burger place and she's just brilliant with the salads and things. Another lovely lady came from the pizzeria where, you know, our kale salad won a gold medal at Devour. And it was, um, it's something that people talk about everywhere. They just fall in love with it. It's, it's the process. But this lady is a master of building salads, but I figured she'd be perfect. And then I took a gal that has never done anything like these big, huge, I mean, there are 1,500 people at, uh, that mm -hmm. we were, we made 1,500 empanadas. We were messing around. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking this in volume. And, um, and then I took this lovely other young girl that's only 22 years old, who I trained as an apprentice, as a saucier, learning uh, at my Tall and Luca restaurant with my oldest, or law, I should say longest employee. My sous chef there is a mother of eight who's been with me for 27 wow. years. <laughs> and I put, those, I put those two together and I come in and just, you know, uh, of course, check in, of course. But I knew that Elena would teach this young lady the right way that we do things. How important the mother sauce was. That sauce is our foundation. I use it in every restaurant, even in the Latin restaurant. I put marinara in. But she learned the old world approach that does not exist anymore. And she learned from a master, the gal that I'm talking about, 27 years. I worked with her when I first opened my first restaurant, and she's still with me. That's pride. And so I took, I didn't take her to devour. I took her apprentice, our apprentice, who's 22. And those three women and me, I lost my voice. You can tell that I, I was at the <laughs> helm of the ship. Mm -hmm. seeing people I haven't seen in years or people, it was just so gratifying yeah. uh, because Devour had been closed for three years wow. because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so these girls and I had a bonding that we really can't do on that level. You know, when I'm just coming into the restaurants, I mean, we're all close, but we had something that you live for that adrenaline, that feeling that's like, God, Look at our lines. They're going as far as the eye can see. And we were like, they got such a contact high from the whole experience that it really, it really, you know, it, it was good for me mm -hmm. because I felt so connected with them. It was mutual. We drove down together. We packed up, we loaded. It was, it was such a, like something that we haven't felt for mm -hmm. a long, long time in this industry. And um, it was addicting, quite honestly. I said, I always say, I'll never do that again. And then I go, ooh, I can't wait till we do it again. And they um, bring that positive energy back to the stores, too. You know, and, and it just kind of rubs off. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 2016, 18, and 19, I took a group, and we won the burger battles in Scottsdale three years. <laughs> and... 
those days haven't come back. We haven't, they haven't had the big Scottsdale burger battle. I hope they bring it back. But how I felt in a man's world with, you know, coming down from Sedona mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't have a concept. I was the only solo burger, no burger concept came from outside of the area and took three um, medals with my burgers. So I have to say, I look at burgers and pizza very similar. Mm-hmm. I think of them in a very similar way in how you build your pizza, how you build your burger, your foundations, your ingredients, what sets you apart from any others. And I'm not the type of person that wants to be like any other concept. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that Pizza Lisa is unique. I think it's scalable. I think it could be anywhere in the country. Um, it would probably be modified depending on the market. Mm-hmm. But it, I still think that it's a cautious time, you know, to yeah. really be real bullish about doing that because there is so much to be respected about the, the pizza business. And you can't, you can't be one size fits all, you know, mm-hmm. it's gotta be, you've gotta know who your customer is and they've gotta want your style of pizza. And there's no shortage of pizzerias out there. But I still think that what we have is something that I've, I've never seen a concept just like ours anywhere, quite honestly. That's awesome. I love it. So I will, we'll close this out because I know you are a busy, busy woman. Uh, I want to close this out because you kind of talked about your future a little bit on, you know, being cautiously optimistic. But yes. I want to talk about, you know, you, you were talking about, um, you know, helping lead women and develop women in the business. You know, what advice do you have for those young operators, women or men out there that want to do what you did? and build to a multiple concept type of business. Uh, you know, what, what advice do you have for them? Well, you know, the times are so different now. Mm-hmm. We can't just use the same old advice that we did in years past. Yeah. But I also would never want to discourage people. But I, I'm not the most um, pragmatic person. I'm not a person that's ever fearful mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I'm very upbeat and optimistic towards being an entrepreneur. But we are in times that we need to really have our feet on the ground and know and be well-educated. For sure. It's the time that I think as I said earlier, above all, specialize in something and hone your craft. Don't try to be a jack of all trades. It's not a time to be cutesy and see how many different, be, I call it octopus arms. <laughs> I admire businesses that really know who they are and they know that they're the best of breed in a particular thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not going to, say that I regret that I took on five different brands and five different concepts. That's my personality. I wanted the, I'm I'm an Aquarian. I'm very eclectic. I wanted to, it started very innocently and I, and I didn't realize 
now how difficult it would be to manage five different concepts that are diverse. But I will be honest, the survival, I think, is that we do have a connected connective tissue in all of my brands, just like I said, the mother sauce, the philosophy, the culture. We're not all over the place. I use the same sourcing. If I believe in a cheese, I buy it for all the restaurants. I'm, I'm really kind of smart that way. And I say yeah. the relationships that I started back then are the relationships that are still serving me now. I made friends with the vendors. Um, I'm, they treat me kind of like a deity, to be honest, because I don't play around and dabble with my buying power. I buy from the best and I expect that the food and the products to be handled with care because I don't believe in waste. I have no tolerance. But I think no matter what business that someone is going into, they still have to have those, that ethos of trying to be the best of breed, no matter what it is, and trying to really know who they're trying to attract as their customer base and keep it simple. Don't get spread out with you know, too many things, more is not better. I preach that every single day. And I think that um, better times are coming. Yeah. And we have to know that we learned from all the things that even though that uh, pandemic was out of our making it out of our control, of course, mm -hmm. but it still had lessons. And those lessons were survival, um, survival of the fittest, and learning to be smarter every day <laughs> and learn to roll with the punches because you know, you're used to getting what you're used to getting, but guess what? You can't even get your pizza box now. Ha ha. Is that going to make or break us? No, we're going to have to use the generic box for a minute, but everything matters, you know, and that's all I can really tell you that I know. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> you know, a lot. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cannot wait to just continue watching what you do and how you do it and how you are helping to lead this culinary movement where you are and around the country. And uh, we just wish you the best and the best with your concepts. I can't wait till you come and visit us. A taste is worth a thousand words. I'd love to host you when you come out. I know yeah. you're already making me hungry. And I really want to go to Sedona too. So, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win. Oh, you're coming. You're <laughs> my guest whenever you get here. You know that. That's amazing. All right. Well, we will see you in Las Vegas at Pizza Expo. So I can't wait. we'll see you soon. Don't forget to stop. Thank at you. Pizza today, Booth. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? Of course I'll be there. Thank you.